Psst, before you stick this in your ears, know this. The content presented in this show is designed for a mature audience with a functioning sense of humor. If you are not an adult, are easily offended, or take life too seriously, this is not the show for you. For everyone else... Hello, let's go for a ride. Once upon a time, in a land far, far away, lived a giant, a mouse, and two chimps on a Davenport. One day, the first chimp said to the other, We should make Welcome to the Ninth Story Podcast. This is Dan Foytek, your weekly guide on the journey through Storyland. With me is Master Craig Weber. Hello. The color of the show. The color, yes. Uh, Where's your pink pants? Um, in the uh, in the in, cleaners. In the ladies' room, <laughs> or they should be. I don't know what that means. You're wearing a a, a, a fancy jacket I am. tonight. I am. I like to. I, you know, it's the uniform. You know, and we're professionals over here at the Ninth Story. So uh. you dress for success. And um, yeah, for the I'm listeners the, at home, I'm wearing the Moss Isley Cantina T-shirt. And I'm damn making. it, that looks good. It does. It did until I got pizza sauce. It, on well, it. yeah, it looked. It's looked better. It has. Now right. it looks like Han Solo shot Greedo next to me. That's exactly right. Sorry for the mess. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, yeah. It's a um, you know we're in between seasons. The winter jacket um, was too much, and I don't really have a good spring jacket. So for all the listeners at home, I'm I'm sitting here. I got a, I have a nice sport coat on. He does. He looks yeah. like he's ready to close the deal. I should launch into a 45 minute Patrick Bateman here. <laughs> Tell everybody what I'm wearing. What I, I got some Patrick Bateman at, at, at the horror realm. Did you really? Did. Yeah. So so I should. I mean, this is is this a good time for me to launch into a 45 minute diatribe about you know how I take care of my skin in the morning? Please do. Ah, how many crunches do you do <laughs> right. every morning? Well, I do. Yeah, today I no crunches today. Uh, that was last night. Yeah, but um, I, I don't. Um, I do think it's it's neat that he does crunches while watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, though. It's pretty cool. So since I brought up Bateman, this is interesting. You know, we do the user. I'm not ignoring you. I'm just no, I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm taking. I got. Don't worry, passengers. I've got the controls. I'm, I'm on. I was digging for those pictures. That those are, those are fantastic. That looks amazingly like Christian Bale. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He was in that movie. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's those are that's you got this at the uh, at the. Oh, that's from Kingdom Come. That's awesome work right there. Yeah, I'm looking Superman. at Superman. I'm looking at is this this is um I can't remember Alex Ross did the I can't remember if he did the art or just the story, but that's dynamite right there. That's good stuff. What else I'm looking at here is that oh, there's some uh, we I recognize that guy. It's our good friend He's Sir got Anthony a great Hopkins. Lung full of bullshit. A lung full of bullshit. That's nice. That's correct. Um, that's you. That's a zombie drawing by our great friend Dr. John Towers. This is this is great, folks. Um, have you put any of these? Um, did you put the zombie drawing? Oh, that's your profile picture. Yeah. So on, on Facebook. Gonna, yeah, so yeah, yeah. people so, have to go out to the Facebook and like the the show, and they'll see this. Go out there and grab that. That's um. What's what's the actor's name? Which that's one? Tim Curry, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tim Curry. From it. 
Yep. Is that from It? That is from yeah, It. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Stephen King's It. And then there's Patrick Bateman right there. That's that's good stuff right there. Yeah, so so we do the Use Your Illusion segment occasionally on the show. We sh- um, we're going to try to get back to doing that yeah. every show now. And, and, you know, we've talked about how that's the great thing about, about writing, about storytelling. We often talk about that when, when you get the reference, they joke. So yes. I was watching a show on uh, ESPN. There's a show on there called Round the Horn. And what that th- that's a show where like it's just kind of this round robin of commentary by four nationwide sportscasters. And it's, it's on every Are they day. on your side? Yes, they're on my side. Thank Not God for that. Nationwide in, in scope. Like, you know, you, you, have a, <laughs> you, have, you have a beat writer from Boston. You have a beat writer from L.A., from Chicago, <sighs> major markets. And they change up the people who are on the show every day. Today, and it doesn't matter when the show airs because this is for all seasons, one of the writers actually made a reference to – there was a basketball game last night. And I won't say who it was because that will date the reference. There was a basketball game last night where one of the players took like an elbow in the face. And he got up. Sounds and he like was something up. Towers would do to someone. He, he was. He might. Yeah. Tower, tower, towers might do that. Elbow to the face, yeah. friend. So so the guy was bloodied. He went out, got eight stitches, came back and had a hell of a second half and whatnot. One of the writers actually said. That's what she said. He referred to the guy's face looking like Patrick Bateman. <laughs> and it was tremendous. He dropped that reference in there about Bateman, and the good thing was about this Dennis that, Miller that was on the show. No, no, no. It was just, and and I can't remember which you know which which one of the which one of the writers or reporters it was. But the best thing was the host got the reference, and after he stopped talking and before they went back to break and changed the segment, he made a reference to a reservation at Dorcia. <laughs> So he nice. got it. So they got two American Psycho references into that segment, which again, it's a sports show. I guarantee the majority of the population did not pick up on the reference. Yeah, but we're I talking was like, you guys sports fans. I was like, that, well, no, I mean, I, 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 I know what because, you're saying. I know what you're saying. Because I'm a sports fan and right, I got right, it. Right, right, Just so happens I actually You're talking a, about Ned and his trailer scratching right. his belly, drinking a beer going, who do, who, I like that there movie with the Batman. Who in the hell is Patrick Bateman? He was, he, he was on my fantasy team. That son of a bitch. Oh, wait, I can't talk about that fantasy. Right. Oh, yeah, wait. Yeah, but I mean, I just thought that was tremendous. <laughs> like, I just completely out of nowhere on a sports show. Yes. Somebody drops in a reference to Patrick Bateman, and then the host follows it up with a Dorsey reference, which again, and I, I think you know this right now in my my bag that I've got here, I actually have a the paperback of American Psycho, which I'm trying to trying to get. I, would, I thought you were going to say you had like a knife in there. No, no, no. Or do I? <laughs> we'll find out later, folks. Do I? I don't know. Victoria, Victoria will jump out and protect me, you know. I have an axe. In my bag. Are you going to ask me a question? Because I hate it when people I try to ask me a question. With an axe. <laughs> so, have you started reading the book? I have. Because Towers told me to read the book, so I'm going to have to read it. What I find most it's, intriguing is he refers to like, he just gets distracted at certain points and he's just like writing and he's like giving stage direction. And then he's just like, oh, just, uh, have you gotten to any of that yet? Yes. <laughs> I haven't read the whole thing, so I don't want to pass judgment on it right. yet. Um, so I, I just watched the movie again, though. Um, the movie or the movie? The movie. No, I don't think there's any cows. No, no cows. cows no that. cows were harmed in the filming of American Psycho. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm, I'm up to the challenge. Let's say. Yeah. I want to finish the book. Brett Easton Ellis has an interesting style. I'm just going to say that. And it uh, it's it's schizophrenic. Well, he's becoming that character. He, sure, I'll go with you. <laughs> right. It's a good thing he hasn't found heroin like uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, yeah, stay squeamish. Stay squeamish. <laughs> stay friend. squeamish. Stay squeamish. 
I, you know, I wanted to put a comment in the show notes for when we did that episode with with uh, the stepfather Mike Sarah. Yes, and when we 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 pay, we tried in our own inimitable way to pay homage to Philip Seymour Hoffman. I know it didn't come across that way. Maybe, hopefully, it came across that way. To I think it did. I mean, pl- plus I know he had a good sense of humor too. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, we were poking a little bit of fun at certain things, but. I mean, that was his personality, but I, too. But I wanted to write, and it was a joke that I know nobody would get. And it was it's not a funny joke, but it's, you know, you know how I like to try to ha, write things ha. sometimes. But I wanted to put in the show notes that just as Johnny said to Pony Boy, stay gold, Philip Seymour Hoffman said to Aaron Sorkin, stay squeamish. Yeah. Uh, see, and I just stepped all over <laughs> it again. See, if I would have written it, it would have been funnier. Well, because uh, you can edit it. I can edit it. Yes. Right. As as Mr. As Dr. Towers has so many times said before, we live in an edited reality. Yes. Unless you're talking live. Live discussion is a perpetual first draft that you never get the opportunity to edit. That's exactly right. Unless you're doing a show like this. Unless you're doing a show like this. And then you can go back and make yourself say whatever you want. So it's been a while since we... <laughs> <laughs> I just gave you the pregnant pause there because... I, I wanted to leave room to edit in case we need exactly. To. <laughs> I'll throw some stutters in there. Insert your own unedited reality here, or whatever. That's right. Well, I guess that would be edited at that point. So it's been a while since we were back to basics, just the two of us. It, it, it it's been. It seems like it's been. It's it's a little. It's it's almost kind of relaxing. Not that I mind our guests. I, I enjoy everyone. Um, but you yeah. know, it's it's fun to get back to just. Just the, back. Two, just the, the two, two of us. us. Yeah, there it is. We can make it if we try. Absolutely, absolutely. There it is. Can we make it if we try? I don't or, know. You didn't bring your guitar with you, we so should, we can't make it. We could that. also do Reunited. Reunited? You can be Peaches and I'll be Herb or <laughs> vice versa. Anyway. Peaches? Hello, Peaches. Um, My name is Peaches and I'm the best. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Um this might be a good point to drop, or a good, a good point in the show to drop this in. Peach's breasts? No, well, well, you can deal with Peach's breasts whenever. You know, there's another Peach's too, right? The one that did like the uh, the video with Andy Griffith or uh, Bar- Barney Fife. You know no. what I'm talking about? No, oh, I don't. Oh, I to, we 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 won't play it because we'll get sued. But I'll show you okay. when we go to break. Okay, Peach's. Yeah. She's a. Is this like artist. the? Uh, remember the? Uh, what was it? The uh, the presence of the United States. The group. The Peaches for maybe they had that song. It was like 1995. It was really bad. Maybe the people who know. did Lump. She's Lump. She's Lump. Oh she's no! Lump. Yeah. And then they did the song Peaches. Peaches come in a can. They were put there by a man. That's in it. A That's exactly. Downtown. That's there. You go. Yeah. There you go. I, yeah. Yep. There it is. Everybody listening, look it up. Peaches come. In a can. Oh, come on now. Now you just, I'm sure that's what they meant. You just got dirty. You just took it in the I was gutter. talking about peaches How far and are we canned into food. How far are we into this episode? I don't already? even know. It's in the gutter. Uh, it's in the gutter. 11.28, and mm. we've already gone down with the raccoons. 11 minutes into the gutter. Yeah, there yeah. it is. Doesn't there take is. me long. No turning back. There it is. So. Buttons. Right. I don't know if you've been monitoring the mailbox over at the ninth story. I have. Did you catch- I got some chocolates. Did you catch- the uh, the email that we got. I don't know if I did. There was um, a couple of episodes ago. I believe it was during the episode where you interviewed uh, the author, Rich Bottles. Okay. You played a piece of music by, um, you know, we've got, we've got some friends in the band Ignorant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. guys. Um, We're going to try and, to get them on the show here at some point. Well, you used a piece of music of theirs. I got permission from their manager. Well, apparently you didn't. Well... I think you got. I think. I think this you got, is the same guy that was trying to set up shows in stadiums that were blown up years before. Right, right, right. So, but here's the thing, Dan, and I've warned. You, I warned you about this when we talked off the air about this guy. I know this guy. I know mm. this guy a little bit. Um, He's a little bit of a 
He's a jackass. Prick. I mean, he's. I mean, I'm not going to paint in a broad brush and say all Brits are jackasses, but well, this, you shouldn't, because our friend Robin Brown's pretty that's, nice. That's guy. right. That's right. So I'm. I mean, you know, we've joked about me alienating countries one at a time. Well, it's because um, you do a shitty British accent. But right, right, right. So are you going to read this in a British accent? No, no, no. Uh, oh. Because I want people to be able to understand it. <laughs> um, but um, yeah. So so Christian St. John Smythe. Ah, uh, oh, the, that guy, uh, the producer slash manager. Of ignorance. Yeah, he's also the guitarist or something, isn't he? Well, that's the that's the problem, mm. and 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 that's where we get into the thing. Like, I won't get into what I what I had done with this band before. You know, it, you know, it started. We'll, we'll talk about this because we yeah. are we are trying to get we're trying to mend fences. Right, we're trying to get the creative member mm. of the band. That's and that's our friend Steve Matika, mm. the one um, that actually has some talent. Right, and he and and, and Steve really was the one who was with. He was too ignorant what Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley are to kiss. You know, mm. the guy who's been there through the whole thing. That's right. Um, that's right. <laughs> Gene Simmons does a great <laughs> job with uh, keeping Kiss in line. That's right. That's right. That's and, what happens you know, when you're a demon. And me knowing Steve, you know, I, I I helped Steve with some lyrics and some with some music, and that was where that was. That's why I say I know this guy a little bit because mm. you know this this St. John Smythe guy was a douche. He probably emailed this to your email. I oh I don't know. That's why I was asking if you checked the inbox if you saw. Well, there's it. feedback, and then there's you know my name at Ninth Story, and then there's Craig well, at Ninth Story. But based upon the content, I'm led to believe that he sent it to all of us. Uh, you know me, I got like 18 different. I probably email deleted accounts. it. I, I've got several email accounts, and I can't. You know, but, Keep track but of I was them. pretty sure I took this one out of our main inbox. Anyway, I'm going to read it. Please it's do. It says, um, and let everybody listen and pretend this is in a British accent. Yeah. Uh, to the feeble-minded sausage jockeys at the Ninth Story podcast, <laughs> which, you know, right out of the gate. Um, I, 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 yeah. I'm in love with the guy already. Right. right. Please be advised that despite the soporific diatribes, which you are prone to unveil upon the masses... I've summoned the appropriate amount of intestinal fortitude to make it all the way through to the end of a few episodes featuring your particular brand of rubbish. Okay. I, I mean, I, like the I, no, I, I... The noise you hear is me making yeah. a drink. You, well, I'm going to need one. Right, right, this. right. I, I feel your attempts at entertainment are a triumph of the middling and a rebuke to the exemplary. That notwithstanding, I've taken my quill to parchment, such as it is, to notify you that you have infringed upon the legal protections afforded to me via the American legal system vis-a-vis -vis copyright law. My barrister informs me that I have caused to bring legal action against you for the use of the song Work Fantasy during a recent episode. Please feel free to contact me at, and I won't give out his email address and his, uh, we, his number. We really here. should. In the meantime, go back to sullying the minds of your lost sheep. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, again, and like to, I and said, to that I say, I want to do it like actual rules. I want to do it like actual rules. This is their great tune, "Cock Diet." Yeah, and, and I think we're I think we're good with this one because I don't think, um, I th as I recall, I think this might have been a Matico, a straight up Matico. Uh, which which one was it that he didn't like? Well, it was it was work fantasy. Work fantasy. Yeah, you 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 put you did that was in the Rich Bottles episode. You dropped mm. that in there, um, and you know, so, you know, it what smells uh, like salt and vinegar. Shit, brown. Yeah, see, those are later ones, and I don't, I don't, I think that's a lot of that's a lot of just Steve. That's kind of when the band was going into. Those are a lot heavier. Shit, brown. 
Yeah, there it is. That's so it. Is, is this is this the song we this weren't is, allowed? This is that's it. This yeah. is um, so now you're gonna piss him off again. Well, no, I'm just trying to verify. Well, that this right. is the song that he was talking about. Yeah, that's it. Because it sounds like something else I've heard before. Well, it's similar to something, but I think this is this this is work fantasy, is right. that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is yeah. That's yeah, because there's Matiko's lyrics yeah, right there. That's right. And that's uh, that's that's the uh, that's the dude on guitar, right? Well, y- yes. You see, who's, I think who's I, playing the drums on this because the drummer's pretty good. Well, that's Mati- That's Steve. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Steve's playing the guitar there. See, that's the thing. Like. Steve was the so vocalist. Do we need permission of both artists? I mean, if one artist in the band gives us permission to play the song, which is and and that's the thing. So so this one, this particular song is is problematic for us because this is one of the songs that Steve and I actually had written. Oh, okay. together. Um, uh, Mr. Saint John Smythe, jackass that he is, was like, no, I took it, and instead of it being in this key. I changed it to fantastic. It was still my chord progression. It was my this. It was my that. There was Steve's lyrics. So the writing credit on this one is Matiko and Weber. That's it. That's yeah. it. That's all it is. But this. I'll direct not, you to their web. Have you seen their website? The theignorant.com. Oh, That's I've seen the website. T h e i g n e r n t dot com. They can't even spell ignorant. Um, my favorite is the tour dates. Yes. Yeah. April 5th, 2014, Ignorant Rocks Tiger Stadium. Canceled. Canceled. <laughs> Our manager was unaware the arena was demolished. April 4th, 2014, Ignorant Rocks Bush Stadium. Canceled for pretty much the same reason. March 28th, 2014, Ignorant Rocks Synergy Field. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the Here's thing. the best one. February 28th, Ignorant Rocks Sochi, Russia. Canceled. Why, Why was we- it Canceled. Because the manager was unaware the Olympics ended on the twenty third. <laughs> See now, and, and that's but that's he was a per- so busy worried about the music that we were playing. He he probably was writing this to us during the closing ceremonies in Sochi, and that's what caused. We're going to show up there, right? But that but it's a good point that you that that you draw attention to the website because I think if people go there, they'll find out that that he's just a jackass. Well, his music's up here for free. Well. I, I think that's why you know the the music of ignorant was buried for so many years is because Steve and the and the boys were really at odds with um, with uh, Saint John Smythe. Yeah. Um. You know. So I I think you know one of the things that I've talked with Matiko about is um. You know, you know what I find hilarious? They still have a MySpace page. Who well, the fuck has a MySpace page? Well, I mean. I love Steve and and Tim and 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 Cope and the guys in the band, but they're not the brightest. <laughs> I don't think it's their fault. Well, I'm well. Well, they do have a Facebook page, so there you go. Well, they're with the times now. Yeah, that's great. Stick well, that your, was stick your finger somewhere. They say. I'm sure if you talk to Saint John Smythe, he's going to take all the credit for that. He'll blame the MySpace thing on somebody else, though. Eh. I, like I he said, he was unaware that it was a dead format. Right. I, I think what you know, we've we've talked. You know, we still stay in touch with Steve. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other two, I mean, I, I'm friendly with with Copen. You know, we, we talk occasionally. Hilster's off, kind of doing some stuff, um, but he's out of the music business. Um, but I think what we should do is yeah. try to get these guys in the studio. We should. We really should. Well, I, I hear at that least the, some Br- of them. the the British guy's supposed to be in the states here sometime later this month, isn't he? I'm sure he's over here taking credit for something. Yeah. He'll as soon as spring arrives, he'll take credit for that. 
I feel like kind I of confuse him into is. thinking that we're somebody that we're not and get him in the studio. Well, yeah. And we'll then see. we can have some uncomfortable I, questions I think it would for be. Him. I think it would be, it would be fun yeah. to, to hash maybe, it all maybe, out. Maybe they can like come to terms. I can be the impetus for that. You can, um, you not can take the incubus. A, you can, the incubus. I am the incubus. <laughs> I lay the egg in you. Um, right. I lay an egg in something. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, right. Um, Maybe you can take the page out of uh, our our friend Dr. Tower's book and moderate. You can moderate a panel. He's a good moderator. He's a, he's a fantastic moderator. He's so. a classy guy. He is. He is. He is. So that's that's some breaking news. Well, but, you know, I, at least I know the email works. The email works. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Well, we're not sure which email it, it yeah. works, but that one. Does. I mean, <laughs> whatever it, one it, email it got works. to us. Yeah, and that's the thing to anybody who's listening. We'll read your emails on the air, this case in point. Yeah. Um, Send us an email. Tell us how much you does, love the show. Or hate how, the show. Or hate the show. Because this wasn't a good email. No. I mean, a triumph for the middling and a rebuke to the exemplary, that's not... I don't even know what that means. Well, he's British. Well. I mean, he throws around some big words. It is It is their language, after all. We, it is we the just, king's English. Yes. We just kind of borrowed it. I'm a sausage jockey. That one kind of... I don't like yeah, that. I don't like that. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I mean, I know what it means too. Well, so he's, do I. He's, he's calling me a turd burglar. Right, he is a manhole inspector. <laughs> right, right, right. Not that there's anything wrong with no, that, but I'm not. I, Neither I, I, are you. No, that's not how I spend my weekends. That's right. Um, yeah. So, mm. well, well, well get you know, that's maybe he's just trying to buy into that whole villain thing that we talked about in the last show. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, because they have that accent. He does look a little bit like Tom Hiddleston from. He, the Loki character. He does. Uh, he does. That's, you know, now that you say that, he is a little Loki-esque. Yeah. Nice. He could be, he could be Loki. I mean, he's a douche. <laughs> I mean, just, a, I mean, he's an absolute ass. Anyway. I'm sure that'll generate another email. Well, I hope so. I'll take virtual quill to virtual paper and type. Yeah, how about that? I do like that. That's witty. I've taken my quill to parchment, such as it is. <laughs> That's witty. I, you know what? The Hilster was a big Monty Python fan, yes. as was I. I was a young. I love British comedy, mm. and Matiko does too. Copen doesn't know what it is. He's you know he's he's sheltered. He's a sheltered. Well, his mom man. wouldn't let him watch it. <laughs> exactly. She yes yes yes. She's very protective of very, her boy. Very much so. And from what I understand, she's she's quite busy most of the time. Right. So um, there's not and, a lot of time. To, and I think you know Steve's uncle Seamus. Uh, is Scottish, so we would have a lot of discussions. Oh, that's right, lad. Right, right. So, so I, I remember when I would visit the studio, there would be a lot of discussions about you know, and they would they would just get into these little these asides about British comedy. Mm. Christian St. John Smythe with his, hey, I'm the only one here who's British, so I'm the only one who's an authority on this stuff. He again, yes, asshole. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I'm done. Well, you know, okay. we'll, we'll get them on. We'll try to get them on a show. And um, he probably he, he's probably not listening anymore anyway. He'd probably say whatever you want. No, well, all right, we'll give that a shot. Sure. Mm. What do we got going on here? I don't know. We got some stuff coming up soon, though. Coming up soon. So before we talk about stuff coming up soon, I'm sorry. I, I just said no, what do we got going on. I, I did want to talk a little bit about um, the uh, we we've talked a lot about episodic television, um, mm -hmm. binge viewing, and whatnot. There's a couple of things going on right now that, that I watch. As I've mentioned before, I don't watch a whole lot of stuff. No. Uh, particularly now the Breaking Bad's not on. I really love what they're doing with Walking Dead mm -hmm. for the second half of uh, season four. Yeah. And burning down the house. I really love where we're only two episodes into the latest season of Hannibal. Are you peeing over there? I am. Oh, you're pouring wine into a glass. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <I'm not seeing. laughs> so Dan has pointed out that I've decided to don a dress. 
yes. uh, for six weeks here because I gave up beer for Lent. Hey, there's nothing wrong with wine, man. Wine's good. There's, there, you're right. There's right. You're right. It's the same thing. I mean, pretty much. It's just a little, little fruitier. Fruitier. Yeah. It's a let's little just, fruitier. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Your first drink is not going to be schnapps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a great line. You, you tied it right back to to, to Daryl. I did. Yeah, awesome. Nice nice work there, Dan. Um, all I want to say about that is those shows. The and we I can't remember how we touched on this in what context we touched on this before, but I give AMC all the credit in the world for Mad allowing props. the writers to because. I think a lot of people have complained about this second half of the season of Walking Dead because these episodes are really – this is like a book on film. Oh, yeah. Because there's not a lot going on in the episodes, and a lot of people are pissing like, I haven't seen Sheriff Rick for three episodes. Mm-hmm. What's going on? But I love what they're doing. This is too. really – this is a – I mean, they're really telling a story right now, and it's fantastic. It's the whole, here's what happened. Everybody got disbanded. Yeah. Here's how they're all coming back together, and here are their personal stories. I love how they've gone back, and we learned a little bit about Daryl's past. We learned about Michonne's past, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So you're really getting a book. You're yeah. you're getting a literal. You're getting character you're, development, right? Yeah. You're getting a story, and I love it. Mm-hmm. And 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 I just know the way they do that show. They're going to build to a really. They're building to something fantastic. It's all going to tie together somehow, right? And and I wanted to tie that into the new Hannibal because ah, yes. not to spoil it, but the fact that the the open of the first episode of the new season has. They did the Breaking Bad thing with, you know, 12 mm-hmm. weeks earlier. So you yes. see what's going to happen. Yes. So now we know for this whole season they're building towards that. Yeah. And it's going to be that constant, what are they going to, every week. You know where, you kind of know where it's going. And it's now going it's a matter of like, I'm going to build it. I'm building the story. I'm developing it. I'm filling in the gaps here. You, I've, I've already told you what's going to happen. Yeah. I've shown you what's going to happen. Yes. You know, it's like the whole thing, like the final season of Breaking Bad, when they that that opened with Hal opening the trunk of the car and looking at the weapon that right. he bought, you know, and he had the beard and it was this 51st birthday. It's like, okay, well, I know this is going to happen a year from now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, and I love How that. do we get there? And I, and I love the fact that the networks give a sh- enough of a shit about storytelling. Yes. That they allow the writers to do it. It's fantastic. Nobody does that. I mean, there are yeah. very few examples of that on television right now, and it's it's great. That it, and I love the fact that okay, for twelve hours, which is really what it is mm-hmm. for for Hannibal, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be invested in this. I yeah, got twelve I got, episodes, twelve yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah. I know that you know twelve hours from now, there's a payoff for me. It's just like with Breaking Bad. It was like okay, they're they're carving the seasons up into you know two eight episode seasons. It's like okay, at the end of sixteen hours, I got mm-hmm. a payoff. Yes. Which is really like, you know, it's a book. I mean, at the end of reading this, yeah, I love it. It's, it's fantastic. Is that how you read your books, too? Do you read the last chapter first and figure <laughs> no, out how the hell you get there? No, but... Um, <laughs> I know people that do that. I always think that's a little bit of a cheat because that's not the way the book was intended to be. But there are books that start like that. Like, here's where I am, and now let's find out how I got there. Yeah, you know you know who used to... And again, I as much as I say I don't like to do this, I, I find that you I often do this. this. I talk about Aaron Sorkin way too much, but he he has done that. I think in everything it, it, that's that's clearly a style of a writer. Mm-hmm. Sorkin did that on Sports Night. He did it on The West Wing. He did it on Studio Sixty on the Sunset Strip. He does it in the newsroom. He will write episodes like that where he tells them he gives you in the the cold open the ending. Yeah, and then he works backwards. Well, you know what's funny about the, that is if two it's, weeks if it's an prior. unlikely yeah. ending, you're like, 
How the fuck are you going to get But I there? just wonder how, you know, he does that so much. And so that's clearly like he's adopted to that style. Like, I like right. to do this. And, you know, you and I have talked about that before. And that was one of the things I thought was very intriguing about the discussion between you and Nelson Piles about the thing that I struggle with as the writer is writing the ending first. Yeah. And working backwards. And, and I don't know where that came from. I don't want to say I do, I do that because Aaron Sorkin does. It's not. <laughs> I did that long before I even knew who Aaron Sorkin yeah. was. Um, but in some stories, it works really well for. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, you know, kind of what they're doing here. Yeah. I, I mean, I still like to think that a, a couple of things. I want to get your thoughts on this. You know what I'm going to do? What? I'm Right now, I'm going to edit the end of the show into the into the beginning and then we're going to figure out how we got there. <laughs> now, see, that would be fun. That would be fun. Maybe we'll do that for the next I episode. I think we'll do that in a future episode. Yes. That would be fantastic. And we'll just work backwards. Right. You'll, you'll do the ending, and then we'll just do a we'll do the voice equivalent of the fade to black yes. 20 minutes before. 20 minutes you're before. Right, you, and you'll have to do a voiceover and say, 20 minutes prior. We can get into a fist fight. Right, right. You'll have to. We'll do, that, that, would be, that would be fun. It would be a, cha- it would be a fun writing exactly. exercise. Exactly. Um, with The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. I know the show is I, – I haven't read the graphic novels. No, I haven't either. But but I've actually looked at enough stuff on social media. I've looked at Wiki. I've, looked, I've done Google stuff. There's a lot of similarity between the show and the graphic novels, and there's a lot of difference. There's some things that are similar. There's some things that aren't. So they're taking artistic license with what's gone on in the novels, and that and that's fine. My point, And they should. Yeah, and they should. And, and my point with that is – Kind of to the Nelson and you stop. I don't think they have any idea where they're going. That would be awesome. I don't think they know where they're going to take the show. I don't think they know how this because ultimately the graphic novels could go on forever. The show has to end. Mm-hmm. A show can't go on forever unless it's The Simpsons, <laughs> right? Or sixty minutes reset, right? right. For yeah. next episode, <laughs> right? That that can just there's something finite about a television show. Yeah, obviously, or there should be. Even The Simpsons, as much as I love it, there well, should be something finite about it. It's because The Simpsons actually takes place in multiple parallel universes. Exactly. Which, you know, that's, that's fun. Hannibal, as much as I love what they're doing, Hannibal's one of those things where the books are somewhat, I don't want to say sacrosanct to me, but I don't get an attachment to an author in certain books that much. But Thomas Harris in the Hannibal mm-hmm. franchise is one of the series that I'm like, okay, I don't really want somebody infringing upon what I already think is the origin of that character. Mm-hmm. And I think right now with Hannibal, they run that risk of getting in the way of how will Graham's character develop from being the guy who caught Hannibal and the whole thing that they're doing with, again, just what I've seen from yeah. the opening episode and what happens to Jack Crawford or so what we think happens to Jack Crawford. I don't know. That's where I'm starting to get a little, if the TV series gets in the way of the films, eh, I don't want to say I'm going to have a problem with it, but I start to be like, okay. You know where you can kind of get away with that a little bit is every narrator tells the story a little bit differently. Do you remember one of my favorite episodes of the X-Files? It was um, every once in a while they, they would do a, a humorous episode. Oh, the, the Bad Blood episode. Is that the one you're talking about with the vampires? Um, That one was good. Yeah. But I was more thinking of the one where they find the aliens and Lord, whatever his name is, comes down. A couple of pilots that are flying an experimental aircraft, and they okay. get abducted by aliens. Yeah. And then there's these two kids that get abducted by aliens. And he looks over in the cell next to him, and there's a gray smoking a cigarette, rocking back and forth, going, this can't be happening, this can't be happening. This I remember that. I know the exact scene that you're talking yes. about. I can't the, remember the episode in which that happened. but There's an author that's writing a book about 
alien abductions, and he interviews oh, all it, these different people for the book, and everybody's story is a little bit different. Isn't that the one? Isn't Charles Nelson Riley the author? He might be. I think that's the one where he's like um, Reynard Muldrake. Yes, that's yes. The, right. Which is because and, it's the and, beauty and, that is Reynard is the French word for fox. Is it really? In, in Muldrake, yes. But I know uh, now. I know exactly okay. what's funny. But I do know that's a great episode. Yeah, and they interview the, like the video clerk, and he's like. You know, well, they were like men in black and right. like there was a female one and like her hair was red, but it was like too red. Right. Isn't that the one that Alex Trebek's at the end yes, of it? Yes. He, he, and, as and one Jesse of the men the body in black. Ventura. Right, right, right. No other object has been misidentified <laughs> as, yes. as an object. And then uh, Alex Trebek comes in and doesn't really say anything. And, I think all and, he does is put his finger up yeah. to his lips with the shoe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And Mulder's response is, you know, that... That's what the men in black do. They right. behave and act in such a way that anybody telling the story is going to be like, <laughs> you're full of shit. Yeah. Um, there's a Simpsons episode like that where Homer gets abducted and they cover him in rum yeah. and send him back down. I don't know if you were still watching the Simpsons at that point. Probably not. Well, the aliens abduct them. They're they're all reptilians. Yeah. And they, they bring him up to the ship. And I think it's Bill Clinton and somebody else. And they douse him with rum. And then they send him back down. And, and he's like, what did you do that for? And they're like, because no one's going to believe you because you smell smelling. like rum. Yeah. And he goes home and he tells Bart about it. And Bart's like, yeah, whatever, rummy. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great storytelling device. But yeah. But yeah, there's the and that's also the one where Mulder eats a pie, piece of pie, asks one question, and he eats a piece of pie and eats an entire pie that right. way. But that's kind of the thing is like everybody's story is just ever so slightly different because that's what they perceive. Sure. And everybody's perception is a little bit off. So that's the only long way to get to it. But that's the only reason or the only way that I could see that working if it is slightly different is you have an unreliable narrator. But I mean, they're, they're, they've already changed it because Lawrence Fishburne is, is playing Jack Crawford. Right. Um, Why? So what is your problem with that? Well, he's Morpheus. Uh, well, that's true. Now, if if at any it, it's point, all taking place in the Matrix, that's what's that's happening. A fair point. I was going to say if maybe it, maybe Neo is a huge if, fan. If at any point he's doing Morpheus Jack commercials Crawford now. offers Hannibal a blue pill and a red pill, or or a red key or a blue key, right. for the car. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> You've seen those. Take the red key. Oh yeah, I'm with you. I mean, like I said, the show. I I, I will. T- I don't know if you. We've covered this ground. The thing that I like about with blood, time, <laughs> with with the demons, blood. with the demons' blood, I, I spit blood. I catch and my put a seed in you. I caught my hair on fire. <laughs> anyway, um, there shines a shiny demon. <laughs> um, the thing that I love about television nowadays is because you know I, I not to not to date this, but as we're as we're doing this episode. It's a Friday. Hannibal will be on the scene. So I'm yeah, missing it's Friday Hannibal, the 14th of which, March. Which which is fine. Uh-oh. That means tomorrow is the Ides of March, so beware. Yes. Um, this will be out by Thursday, June, right? Wednesday, Tuesday, something like that. See? But you didn't say which Wednesday or Tuesday. That's beautiful. Nice work. <laughs> That's an ode to the Simpsons. You just, you know, yes, Springfield. I, I, but you didn't say which one, right? Well, I watch Hannibal at like 7 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Because your kids are still asleep. Thanks to On Demand. And I will tell you this. It's incredible television at that point. Oh, yeah. Because I just think your your mind is in a different place in the morning. Yes. And it's really – that's a great time of the day to watch and digest psychological drama. 
which that show is because that's kind of a you know at the end of the day that's it's kind of a slow moving show yes it is and your mind you can fall you can really fall asleep as engaging as that show is you can fall asleep during it because nothing really happens you it's just woke up you're still halfway in a dream right. you're like oh it's, yeah. that's a great time of the day to watch that yeah and that's when I, that's the, I, I I find that I get the most out of that show if I watch it really early in the morning. It's Don't know good, why, but that's a good point. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's, I. I have a certain amount of clarity, a different kind of clarity in the morning because I don't have all the garbage of the day yes. in my head. Um, and I'm not, and I'm, yes, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Detritus for the folks at home. That's a great word. If yes. you don't know what it is, look it up. That's right. <laughs> Detritus. It will not be the use your illusion this week. That's right. Because it's not an illusion. It's an actual word. It's, and again, it's, look it up. I'm not going to tell you what it means. Look it up. Yeah. Detritus. That's what the internet's for. That's right. So anyway, that's it. I mean, I'm I'm done. I mean, that's a, that was a, that was um, I I just wanted to get a couple of bits in there about yeah, that's what the, she the, said. The, 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 <laughs> the kudos I wanted to throw over to uh, the folks at AMC and, the, and even the the Jack Wagons at NBC. Yeah, um, I know they're big fans of it, of our show. Yeah, isn't I mean Hannibal's probably like the only non reality show that's on NBC anymore, isn't it? Except for the Thursday night comedies that pay the bills. <laughs> Which, you know, just see how probably they, right. they had to move Hannibal over to Friday night. Yeah. You know, they had to get him off Thursday. Well, yeah. You know, Thursday, hey, that's comedy night. That pays the bills. <laughs> Must see TV. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we should take a break. You want to take a break? Yeah, why not? Take we'll a take a break. All right. So let's go to break. All right. Backing up my favorite stuff into boxes that I know I'll never open Resolutions She'll make me laugh Cause under wings of apathy They'll all be broken When tomorrow comes And the bells all fade Will we do the things we always do Or will we change when tomorrow comes If I truly can I would want to wake and start To do your better man When tomorrow comes Place your paper boats Upon the water And watch them sailing away Send them safely on their way Cause when tomorrow comes And the bells are fade Welcome back from break. Oh, are we back from break? We are. I oh. was taking a little, I know you were taking a little nap over I was. there. I was. That uh, wine will knock your ass out. I was, I was catching up. I'm drinking whiskey. I'm fine. You're drinking wine. You're like... Nah, I'm, 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 I'm reading. I'm... Oh. I'm uh, I'm catching up. I'm 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 moving. I'm shifting. I'm scratching out. I'm not scratching. I'm what taking, are you scratch? I'm deleting things. Hey, what was that? I don't know. Anyway, so, so what's uh, what do you what's coming up, Dan? We um, I mean this is a uh, this is a you know, this is a let's, to, hey we're back to basics on yeah. this episode. Kind of just talking you know talking shit exactly. Um, Letting her fly. That's right. We are uh, commando on this episode. <laughs> well, uh, I am. We're Colonel John Matrix. You're dressed nice over there. I, I've already taken off my pants. 
Well, I'm not wearing pants. Oh, that's right. You're not wearing pants. Though. I mean, I, like I said, I have a nice suit jacket on. I'm like yeah. a, I'm like an ESPN anchor. <laughs> Uh, from the waist up, I look good. But I mean, I, I have a G-string on and no pants. Well, as Jessica McHugh would say, your balls are hanging out. Right. Uh, by design. Right. Well, uh, our good friend Robin Brown, uh, I'll talk to him about getting together for an interview. He's real excited about that. He's a, not only is he a, a great musician and a, and a great lyricist, if that's a word. It is. Lyricist is a word. He's um, in the tradition of... Great Britain and Ireland, and I think there's a lot of tradition in, in traditional storytelling over there. He's a huge fan of storytelling. Yeah, he sent me some great uh, lectures to listen to about storytelling. He attends them. He's really into the story and and trying to condense that story into a song. So I'm real excited to talk to him. You know what? Not to jump in there on that, but I'm going to go ahead. Um, that's a great point that you make that I never I, – I, I used to talk to people about this. We joked about it. But if you look at the Brits – and mm-hmm. I, again, I, 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 I poke a lot of really good-natured fun in the direction of the Brits because – As deep, you should because deep, that's the sense of humor right, that we grew up Exactly. On. But deep down, I wish I was British. Deep down, <laughs> I wish I was born and raised in Ireland. I mean yeah. I'm, I'm half Irish, but I have such an affinity for that culture. I really do. I mean I just love everything about it. You know, we, we were talking off air about dead Irish writers and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and I just the, – the British sense of humor um, I'm just enamored with. But I think they approach they, – they put much more of an emphasis on reading. Yes. Than, than than we do. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the the that culture is more of a hey, t- give a moment's pause. Let's take the month of August off and have holiday. They're just it's different. But if you if you think about it from a music perspective, Robert Plant was huge into Tolkien's work. Oh yeah, and there's a lot of Zeppelin songs that are oh, influenced yeah. by that. Iron Maiden, who I love growing up, and I still have a huge affinity for Iron Maiden. But a, f- a couple of my friends, we used to joke about Steve Harris, who was the bass player and principal songwriter of Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. We would say, hey, Steve Harris, read a book, write a song. <laughs> and he did do that. Yeah. There are songs about, you know, Where Eagles Dare. I'm just going to go off the top of my head. Where Eagles Dare is a song based on the Alistair McLean book, Where mm-hmm. Eagles Dare. To Tame a Land, which these are both off the album Peace of Mind. To Tame a Land is based on Dune. He, Steve Harris would read a book, Murders yeah. in the Room Org. I mean, that's another yeah. Maiden song, obviously based on the Poe work. He would read something and condense it yeah. into – and now that you're talking about Robin Brown, and maybe that's a question that we should pose to him when Absolutely. he's on the show, that, that, that that's part of the British culture. Yes. They will take great works, uh, written works, great literary works, mm-hmm. and write songs about them. I mean, I used to joke about it, but I joke about it because I couldn't do it. Like, how do you take a 700-page book and write a three-minute song out of it? Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, that's why I fell in love with How Long, yeah. which is, I mean, a tribute to American That's Man. Robin Brown's song. Yes, yes about right. American Gods, Yes, which is a great Neil Gaiman book. Obviously, both of us are big fans of Neil mm-hmm. Gaiman. That's a big book. It's pretty thick. I got it sitting right over there. and There it is. Yeah. Is it, oh, is it over there? Okay. It moved. Yeah. That's where you have to own. say- you know, a couple episodes ago, you said, I'm here for this inch. Yes. This is, I'm here for these two inches. <laughs> I'm here for these two inches. Yes. Neil Gaiman has... She'll, no, she'll be twice as satisfied. Yes, there exactly right. So anyway, there it goes. There it is. So, Robin Brown and how long? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, he took the essence of American Gods and condensed it into a song. I listened, I mean, The first time I heard it, I listened to it like six times. The first time you shared that song with me, and I'm not, I'm not just blowing smoke up Robin Brown's ass, that is one of those songs. I'm, I, I love... The person who can write a song, who can make the song 
visual. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you're listening to the song, but you can visualize certain things. Yeah. And, and the song is atmospheric. Yes, very it. much so. Is. And that is, it's fantastic because mm-hmm. that song from the first time you hear it, it just puts you in a place. And it, and it, it, you can immediately relate it to what you had in your mind's eye from reading American mm-hmm. Gods. And I've read it, you've read mm-hmm. it. His job as a songwriter, as a performer, as an artist, whatever, nailed it. He mm-hmm. he absolutely nailed it. Yeah, we were actually uh, – I had reached out to him early this morning, or late last – no, actually, it was yesterday morning, um, about maybe getting together with us tonight to talk, and uh, he's just – he's performing tonight. Well, he's on a radio show it, tomorrow morning. It's the weekend. It's Sunday where he is, plus it's St. Patrick's Day weekend. And yeah. As much as the Brits and the Irish fight, they can all agree <laughs> on getting horked. So we're gonna have to get together with with another time, but I am very excited to talk to him. Yeah. Not only just to to have somebody on the show that actually has a real British accent, and uh, not one that you and I try to do, right. but also just to talk to him about storytelling because I think he has a lot in common with the way that you and I see the importance of stories and yeah. storytelling. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Looking forward to that. So that's that's in a that's in a episode. To come, what else? Uh, what else do we have going? Well, on? what else do you have? We have more on? storytelling stuff. Stories, obviously. That's what we're all about. Here. Exactly. We had a friend of yours who is a school teacher out in Arizona. Yes, and she took part of the ride, which was my little project that's now over, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. That was my experiment, as it said in the very beginning. It's an experiment in spoken word. And in the style of old time storytelling. And she played some of that for her class. Old time storytelling. That's right, friends. Old time storytelling. Tune your radio in now and find out what happens on the ride. There it is. Come on there, friend. Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. Anyway, so. Two fingers, three rocks, and a splash of water. (laughs) It's the nectar of the gods, baby. That's right. So back to Arizona. Yes. So they heard, and it's extremely gratifying. By the time I get to Arizona. Yeah, I lived in Arizona for nine years. You did. And um, I think actually the first thing they listened to was The Safe Place, which is what I wrote for All Hallows yes, Read for Neil right. Gaiman. I think that is the first thing that, that she was introduced to. That's how she became familiar with the voice of young Daniel. The voice. Wittig. It was extremely gratifying to think that I might have some impact on a younger generation that is beginning to learn about stories and storytelling and, and develop a love for it. So we're going to have a little chat with them because they actually developed their own podcasts. Yes. Uh, I think they were about 10 minutes long, five to 10 minutes long a piece. And um, it was a lot of fun for them and, and they're excited about it. So I'm excited to talk to them. To, I'm to excited find out. at the potential to, to teach them to why use five to 10 minutes when you could very easily use 65 minutes. Why? So obviously no, the, 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 the important thing is when we do that show is, um, I think we can do a show completely clean. We can. We absolutely can. It's We don't, but we can. We're going to do a completely clean show. And I, I do have a Podomatic account that I don't use very often, which is a competitor to Libsyn, who we use for our hosting. And I will be putting the show up in both places. And that's the one that Lisa's going to get to give to her kids if they want to listen to the show. So you clearly have thought this through. I don't want them listening to shows like this one because it's not for children. That's I mean, exactly we're right. talking to adults. That's right. And you're right. You're right. I, otherwise, I'd have to bleep out a shit ton of shit on this show. <laughs> Fuck, that would suck. My <laughs> God, what's going to work that? <laughs> you know, pain in the ass. Son I mean, of a bitch. In, in, Amen. That's right. And that's the, uh, you're, you're 100% right, Forrest. That's how we're going to solve this conflict. <laughs> 
was the best part of that whole movie. So, like, so, so what else you got there? Uh, what else is coming up? What else we got coming up? I have something else to say. I got something else to say. I do. Okay. What else? What we else have 91 people that like our Facebook page. That's that's sad. It is sad. You know why? Because last night, 168 people listened to our podcast. Wow. I wow. like the 168. I do. That's And nice. that means that I'll have like another 45, 50 that listen to it today. I like the 168. Um, so there's- The 91. Yeah. I don't know. You know what? So, so, so here's the thing. I, I, I'm going to dovetail this into something else. Oh, um, please dovetail it. I'm going to dovetail it to something you were just talking about, but also into this. Um, it doesn't hurt to like something that you don't necessarily like. like. I know that sounds. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy. But wow, that does sound crazy. The, no, the where that I'm going there, as crazy as Sucker Punch, as described by Mike Sear on right. the last show. But here, here's where I'm going. Do you remember? Did you? Well, I guess I should frame it like this. Did you ever see Private Parts? You know the Howard Stern film. Oh, that yes, yes. I thought you were talking about something else for a second. Well, I, I presume at some point in your life, I mean, you've I've seen, seen Private Parts. I've right? seen one or I would two hope, Private at least parts. once or twice. I've seen my own. Well, there you go. That's why I was going to say at least once or twice. So that counts for one, and I would assume it. So buttons there's a there's a moment in private parts where he which, tries well there's yes that's oh, that's, yeah, right. that's where he shows everybody he can act or he yes. tries to show everybody he can act he sounds like alan alda he does well he does we you know that, that's a that's that was a given there's the scene where the people are given the ratings for the show and i i'm, I'm not gonna quote it but you probably remember it where the average howard stern listener listens to the show for like an hour or something per day Okay. And they were like, oh my God, we can't believe that. No, geez, blah, blah, blah. What about the people who don't like them? They listen for two and a half hours <laughs> per day. That's and everybody's awesome. incredulous. And they're like, why? And the answer for them was the same as it was for the people who like the show. I just want to hear what he's going to say <laughs> next. And that's my point. It's yeah. like, that resonated with me back in 1997 when I first saw That's that very movie, nice. and I just watched that recently again. And it was kind of something that I wanted to talk about on this show as it related to us working blue sometimes. Yeah, and some of the language that I use in the the, the poems that that of that you've been kind enough to put out there to the Ninth Story yeah. site. You don't use the word cut. I don't. I'll, I'll bleep that. By the yes, way. I don't use that word, but. I use language that is inappropriate for children. Uh, right. I use objectionable language. Um, and we use it during the course of this show. The word that you were just – that you just bleeped. Yes. We did an entire episode called That's Uncomfortable around yes. that, that, word. that word. Because <laughs> as as writers, as performers, that's always that's always fascinated me. And I, I don't want to put myself on a pedestal, you, whatnot, any of our friends, you know, whether it's John Towers or Nelson Piles or Jessica McHugh, any of the people that we talked about, I don't want to, sp- I don't want to profess to speak for them. But, you know, personally over the last year or so, you know, working with you, getting more involved in trying to take our work out to a broad audience. And we touched upon this, finding your audience, you know, finding your niche, being true to yourself. Talking to all kinds of different writers, all kinds of different performers, um, I've kind of had an epiphany about this thing that I was always very guarded in what I chose to share with people. Yeah. 
what what language I would use in certain audiences. I was always very controlled, you know, who I chose to share some of the stuff that I write with because it was like I don't want that person to think of me in a certain way. I don't want that person I to like think I like where you're going. I don't want that person to think less of me. I don't want this person to if I use this language. You know, I've always been mortified of oh, if I put this out there, what happens if my mother reads that? You know? Well, like, you know, you just, one of one of uh, Spider She's still going to love you. Sp- Spiders was a very personal Mm-hmm. Um, work of mine. It might not seem like it, but it was very No, personal. I knew it was. That's and, why and, I spent and, a good hour and a half yeah, creating and, some artwork and for to, it. And to put that out there, you know, and I've always been like, I don't want my dad to know that's what I've written. I don't want his wife. I don't want people. There are people that I know in my life. I'm afraid of them knowing truly what makes me tick as a creative artist. And the <laughs> thing that I took away recently from you know, again, by by talking with you more, by working with John a little bit, mm-hmm. but just but just by this this community that we've kind of fostered over the last year, it's that whole. You know what? You are what you are. Exactly if you if you right. want to be creative, and it mm-hmm. goes back to this. You, and this was the breakthrough for Stern, and I'm not putting myself on that pedestal with Howard Stern. He got that breakthrough. Like I can't pull my punches anymore. And his, his wife says the best part about your show is when you're being yourself. And that's ultimately, and I came, I had, again, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say it. I had an epiphany a couple of weeks ago about that. It's like, you know what? That is it. If you want to get, if you want to be successful, and I mean successful in terms of not monetary success that, listen, I didn't hold anything back. What I felt, what I wanted to Mm -hmm. write, what I wanted to convey, I put it out there. I'm not pulling punches anymore. The people who know me know where I'm coming from. The people who know me know what I'm writing. They know when I'm being tongue-in-cheek. They know when I'm being humorous. They know when I'm being serious. You know, They know it. Yep. And if they don't, then they should read more of my stuff because right. they'll, they will pick up on it. You will get to understand my voice, and my voice is – and you and Rich Bottles talked about that. Yeah. And I think you, you know, the shows that you've done with, with real artists – um, where you've interviewed authors, they've all come to that. You've 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 pulled that out of them. You've come to that conclusion about be true to yourself. Yes. Write what you know. Write what's in your heart. Write what's in your head. Yeah. Um, and no, yeah. I mean, and I don't think you're comparing yourself or lauding yourself to that level. It's 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 a universal truth. Mm-hmm. If you are going to truly mean something to yourself, to somebody else, while you're on this planet, then you have to be yourself. Yeah. And one of the things that I realized early on is the key to happiness is not giving a fuck what anybody else thinks. Yeah. And you've said that to me on multiple occasions. Yeah. Yeah, Don't give a fuck what anybody else thinks, but still be happy and content when someone takes the time to say, hey, you know, I really enjoyed when you did this. Yeah. Somebody's positive opinion should mean something to you. Someone's negative opinion should still mean something to you because if it's constructive and it helps you get better at what you do, but at the same time, hey, this is what I'm doing. If you don't like it, then, you know, you can change the channel. You can turn it off. You can do whatever you want. I mean, that's part of the conversation that Rich and I had. 
It always amazes me whenever someone takes the time, like you said, with Howard Stern, they listen for two hours when they don't like him. Right. Which I love, I love that. <laughs> it just I mean, amazes me. That it's is like, one of those things that just has always stuck. And like I said, I've been carrying that around for, shit, it's almost 20 years. It's 17 years ago. Yeah. And that still sticks in my head about the the average Howard Stern fan listens for an hour and 20 minutes a day. Yeah. Why? Because they can't wait to see what he says next. Okay, the people who don't like Stern listen for two and a half hours. Yeah, they want to get riled up over something. Exactly. They want to get their dander up. <laughs> Or for whatever reason. So, great. Okay, well, you bought the book. You paid for it. That's right. Have fun with it. Okay, fine. Um, you probably won't enjoy my next one, but I'm sure you're going to read it too. Right. And God bless you if you do. <laughs> like, right. Um, but, and that kind of ties into maybe the last thing we'll talk about, unless you have something else. And that is, I wanted to do a quick little postmortem on the ride, which some of the people that listen to the show listened to. And I know you haven't heard the entire thing yet. Right. So don't spoil it. So I'm not going to spoil it. But what I can tell you is that um, it was an experiment to begin with. Sure. The first show was done on a USB microphone and the sound quality was eh, kind of crappy. Right. But it kind of tied into the old time radio type of thing. So I'm okay with it. And then I upgraded the equipment and it started to get better from there. And it was it was fun because it was the writing of the show, first of all, then the editing of the show, letting it sit and then reading it going back and fixing things that didn't sound right to me. So once I got the, that track down, then I would go back through and do the voices for the other characters, except for the female characters, which I paid for to, to be able to use. Wow. Well, except for Victoria. She does her own voice. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it is simultaneously my best and my worst work so far, because there are some parts of it that I think probably didn't work as well as I wanted it to. It eventually became something that I became very close to on a personal level, um, because part of it deals with death and loss. Yeah. And I went through something recently that affected me deeply and it brought back something that I've never talked about before, which is years and years and years ago, my, um, one of my ex fiancés, we were pregnant and she lost the baby and that affected me deeply and it worked its way into the story in a certain way. And I think that when you get so close to something, it's hard for you to tell whether the emotion that you're feeling is because your work is good or the emotion you're feeling is because you're too close to the topic. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, sh I'm not sure what, what actually happens through that process. Six months from now, when I listen to it again, I'll probably be able to tell. But before, before we move on to, to the, uh, the, 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 the levity here, um, because that, I mean, you know, you know, hey, thanks for sharing that bit with me and and also with the listeners. I mean, it, it, again, it gives you a little bit of insight into the the the, the writer's craft, uh, so to speak, or or where material comes from. Yeah, um, which I'm I'm a huge, you know, I love that part, and you've always been very. Um, Outside on that. I mean, I, I, you talk about that all the time. You, you talked about that with Rich Bottles with the whole, hey, I'm not going to ask you yeah. where, where stories come from. I don't do that, <laughs> which I, I, I love and respect that about you because I'm completely opposite. You don't do that. You don't step yeah. on people's like, where's that coming from? <laughs> That's what I do. You know, it's like what, when you wrote on page 76, what did <laughs> what inspired you? And you're totally you don't do that. Um, which again, I, I don't know how you don't, um, but I respect the fact that you don't. So that's obviously an incredible, um, emotional trigger. Um, at this time, 
you know, this time of year, I mean, you know, I a year ago uh, we lost a friend of ours, yeah, um, and I and I eulogized him on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, our, I don't know if I should say Facebook. I, I we usually say the social media, but I'll say it because um, you know maybe somebody will go find it on there. Maybe yeah. you know somebody will go find my post. I I wrote that, and I I think I cried several times while I wrote that mm-hmm. um, on March tenth of two thousand thirteen. Um, I went back and I read it March tenth of two thousand fourteen. And I got emotional about it again. But yeah. the thing is, what you just said, Dan, was was just like you were looking into my again, reading my thoughts. I'd said the same thing. Am I getting emotional because my writing was so good? Mm-hmm. And I and I say this with all due respect to the you know the deceased, his family, mm-hmm. etc. Absolutely. It, it's not. This isn't about me. Well, I guess it is about me because that's it, that's what we're talking it, about. Exactly what because it, is. It, it becomes the thing of like, was my writing that good that it moved me? Yeah. Or is it my emotional attachment to my work? Right. Or the emotional attachment to, to the that, si- that situation. Well, right, right, right. So, so I know exactly what you're saying. And that's the thing that um, sometimes like that, I, I have no problem being naked like that. You know, like, I'm, okay, here it is. That's that's it. I This, this has driven me to tears while I'm writing it. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna do it because if it's moved me to tears, then it clearly means something to me. And right. I'm I'm the artist, air quotes, mm-hmm. um, in this situation, and I'm I'm okay sharing this with everybody. Yeah, yeah. Which and, and that was a big step for me right. to 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 get that raw and to yeah. deal with that topic because it's something I've been carrying around for a long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. So go and listen to the ride and, and listen to me break down um, yeah. because go, go you'll be able to tell. <laughs> you'll be able to tell whenever I get emotional. And if like you're I looking said, for a pick me up. Yeah. Um, it, it, no, it is. I think it, it, it ends positively. It works, but it works. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It, it, it works. And it goes back to the comments that I was making. Again, I'm not equating your story to, Howard Stern. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not equating, you know, Craig Weber to Howard Stern, etc. I'm just talking about that moment where it's like, listen, this is what it is. Yeah. I am what I am. This is me. This is this is what you get. And I'm not going to pull those punches anymore. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because the the new the new the new vehicle that is going to replace the ride, yes. it's going to be done a little bit differently. Uh, it's not going to have. Um, it's not going to be like an old time radio show. It's basically going to be me reading stories, but I have done stories that I've written on the show before and, uh, without sound effects, just music behind it. Uh, so that's the plan for this is it's going to be stories that are written by me and other, or other writers that I know, uh, along a common theme and there'll be music. Eh, maybe sound effects. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. It's a lot of work to produce. I have great respect for people that produce true theatric productions on a weekly, monthly, bi-weekly basis. Theatre. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot of work, man. It is. To it get is. an hour of audio would sometimes take, and I'm not professionally trained in this, so that that's part of it too, but it would take me six hours to get an hour of audio or to get, absolutely to, to absolutely. get 10, to get 10 minutes of audio would take me, you know, a good three, three hours to, to put together. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the new piece is going to uh, focus around what Victoria actually does uh, other than give us a ride up to the ninth story every week, what her actual job is per se. And uh, I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be neat. We're going to have some, uh, some folks doing some, 
creative, uh, or, or I'm sorry, some original artwork, uh, some original storytelling. And a friend of mine reminded me that you and I are on the ninth story. Uh, so if this is a story about what happens on the different levels of the building, then obviously part of it is our story as well. And I think part of that is the realization that you need to let go and just be yourself and be creative and move beyond that. Agreed. And I and, and in that vein, I'm taking the eight and a half story. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing the being John Malkovich thing where I'm going to take that story that's in between stories. There you go. I'm just kidding. The space in between <laughs> spaces. If I can go back to the kingdom of the crystal skull, <laughs> as I as I often want to do much to the chagrin of you yes. and Towers and everybody else. Turn your head. The space fraction. between spaces, Indiana Jones. Yes. Anyway. Yes. So what are we going to do? We're going to do a use your illusion. Why don't we take a we'll quick take break? a quick break and then we'll do a use your illusion and we'll wrap up. All right, sounds good. W Files of the Wicked Library. Every week you get a story from a different author. Some of them you've heard of, some of them you haven't heard from. My partner Maddie Von Stark and I present great horror fiction to you each and every week. TheWickedLibrary.com. Till next time, maybe keep the lights on. Don't be afraid. Okay now. Be afraid. Welcome back to the Ninth Story Podcast. You're here with Dan and Craig. Yes, we're back. We are back. We're back from a break. We are. We're about ready to send this one off into the stratosphere. We are. Yeah, we're about so ready to... So it's time for... It's about time to publish it. About time da, to say da, cut da, and print. Da. You know, we're going to hearken back. Cue it's the music, folks. Here it is. Use your illusion. And for the kids at home, that's illusion with, with, with an A. Yay! So for this segment of Use Your Illusion... We thought we would focus on a primary character in the Ninth Story family. Ah, let's do it. Our good friend, uh-huh. everybody's friend, uh-huh. Victoria Bigglesworth Hayes. Ah, little Victoria, the yes. operator of the lift. Yes. So, in in in, in time, it'll all become. It'll all be known. It all fits together, everybody. It, right. In it's going to make us look so fucking smart. In honor of our previous discussions during this episode about character development and a mm-hmm. little bit of backstory. We thought we would focus on our own bad seed, yes, Victoria Bigglesworth Hay, by focusing on the illusion of the bad seed. Mm. Everybody's heard that terminology, the bad seed. Dan, you're familiar with the bad seed, correct? I am. We all I, we I, all use I the bad see seed her every day. We say the bad seed, the bad seed, the bad seed. What does it mean? Well, our does friends. It, does it mean something that doesn't grow real well? It has nothing to do with gardening. Mm. It has nothing to do with the green thumb. Uh, spring is sprung, but this bad seed is not going to be found at your Lowe's, your Home Depot, or any of your... I encourage all of you to go to the Facebook page and look at the cover image, because this is what Victoria looks like whenever the light isn't shining directly on her. Very nice. Very nice. nice. So, a bad seed. 
um, is an evil person whose wickedness is innate and evident from birth. Mm. The term comes from the 1955 play The Bad Seed by Maxwell Anderson, based on a novel by William March. I sound like, you know, the people at the Oscars, you know, The Bad Seed by, hey, that's just creepy. There are things moving in the studio. She's not a little. She's not thrilled. With right, seriously. This, this isn't. This isn't. Uh, apparently, this is not something with which Victoria is very comfortable. Yeah. There's uh, no kidding, folks. There's stuff happening. She's she's a little impish. Yeah. This is a little. This is too uh, too poltergeist esque for me. Um, anyway, we, we we shall we shall go on. Did that, um, did that light just go out? Of, yeah, it did. I don't know, but. There, there are goings on here that can't be explained. Uh, the Bad Seed by Maxwell Anderson, based on a novel by William March, about a little girl who is a calculating murderess. Now, I mean, that's yeah. a little harsh for our for our pal. Yeah, from what I understand, she kind of fell down the shaft. U is for Enoch, who slipped in the bath. V is for Victoria, who fell. Down a shaft. Is it Victoria? Are you a calculating murderess? Three plus two plus four plus seven plus two equals nine. Um. Okay. The term in use by Myra McPherson in her examination of the life of serial killer Ted Bundy. <laughs> now that now Victoria, how do you feel about being referred to in the same breath as Ted Bundy? like people who say mean things to me. Yeah, that's, that's why, I mean, I feel the same way. Amen. The, the missing link to Bundy, of course, is his unknown father. Who he was might explain Bundy's monstrous nature, a possible genetic bad seed misfire. Is he the bastard child of a um, thousand convicts or there whatever you, it was? Well, there you go. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So our little girl... Um, our buddy, our pal, our... Oh, she's a little sweetie. Yeah, I mean, she's... she's. I mean, it's that whole say what you want. You can say... Well, what is that? What's the old adage? I can say what I want. I can badmouth my family. Yeah. But those on the outside. That's right. Don't fuck around. That's right. So, so Victoria, while she may be a bad seed, and now we all know where the terminology, the mm-hmm. illusion, the bad seed comes from. We know that its birth date was 1955. Um, and again, Maxwell she was Anderson. born in the late 1800s, so maybe she inspired the story. Now, see, now that would be something pretty cool. If, if, if you, our if, if our own Victoria Bigglesworth Hay was actually the one who inspired March to write his original work, and then yeah. have Anderson then come forth and write the Bad Seed and first use the term, do you think Victoria might have been operating their lift? Could be. I don't know. I mean, from what I understand, this building is a little hard to find unless you're supposed to find it. Victoria, are you familiar with Marx and Anderson? Some questions are best left unasked. It's getting very late. Late March. Late Anderson. Oh, look. Yes. Okay. Close to the vest. <laughs> That's why we love you. All right. We like that about you. We like that about the employees at the Ninth Story. That's right. We're trustworthy. You don't divulge too much. You've got to keep that information. Absolutely. Secret. We love it. Confidentiality is key at the Ninth Story. Fantastic. <laughs> nice work, Victoria. We're going to keep you around for that. Yeah. I don't think you can get rid of her. Well, I don't think she, she's either. part and parcel of this building. I have a little experience with HR, and I'm pretty sure we have no grounds to get rid of her. <laughs> I don't, you know, that's 
I'm pretty sure that a bad seed from the 1800s is a protected class. Probably. Uh, we have no grounds to dismiss her. So yeah. she's ours forever, and we love her. And That makes her about, uh, not quite 200 years old, but she's getting up there. <laughs> well, but she doesn't look a day over eight. <laughs> That's right. Day over nine, actually. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> eight, nine, same thing. All you right. Know, what you, know, a, you know what? Actually, what? this is episode 18. Well, Sammy Hagar would be really excited about that. He would be because one plus eight is nine. And where'd the nine go? <laughs> if you took nine and then you took nine again, what do you have? Eighteen. Eighteen. Sammy. God bless you. You know, Sammy will live on forever at the night. Did he, call, he should. Did he call us? Did, did we get a message from him and his, or his publicist or anything? Uh, we did not. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I bet he's out there in that dilapidated shed. <laughs> he probably is. Well, I don't think the internet connection is so great out in the dilapidated shed. <laughs> he, well, it had a connection until he ripped it off in his bare hands. It fell apart in my hands. <laughs> he tr- I tried to log on to the internet to contact those fancy pants over at the nine story. But damn it, my dial up, it blew up in my bare hands. I kept dialing nine, 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 nine. I said, do I have to dial nine to get an outside line here? And nobody would answer my damn question. I asked him nine times before <laughs> finally I punched somebody in the head nine times. <laughs> Ah, that's funny. Say goodnight, Gracie. <laughs> Good night, Gracie. Uh, Is that how we're ending? We're just gonna, you're yeah. just going to be choking on, no, the, on your wine. No, that's that's fine. Yeah, I like uh-huh. your. You do your say goodnight, Gracie, and that's it. That's good. Just say goodnight, Victoria. Good night, Victoria. <laughs> You've been listening to the Ninth Story Podcast, a Hicks and Fabulous production. Next time on the ninth story. I will take all the credit at the risk of being sued by your demonness. The best way to make money from your fans is to sue them. <laughs> you know, that's a philosophy, Gene, that I live my life about. You know what you need is the Kiss coffin, the Kiss lunchbox, right. the Kiss toilet paper, the Kiss underwear. Pick yourself up a Kiss microphone and also a Kiss cup. I'm not talking the one you drink out of. Guess what, boys? I'm sure. I'm here on the Ninth Story Podcast. <laughs> That's right. Hey. Uh-huh. Hey, Eddie Trunk and all you other jack wagons over at that metal show. We got Gene over here. Guess who's here? Gene Simmons. Gene's here with us. You tell me, Gene. Paul's not here to defend his uh, his self, you know, himself. He got a lot of tail. <laughs> More tail than a toilet seat. Here's a couple of things, Gene. Uh, investigative minds want to know. When Paul got more tail than a toilet seat, you never tell us what kind of tail. 